Hey everybody, here we are. Thank you for joining me today. New Hope Radio. 1590 AM. 92.7 FM. NewHopeRadio.live. YouTube and Facebook. And a little later on, the Hope Club Podcast. Coming at you like a shotgun. Thank you for spending time with us. It's a good time to spend time with the Word of God. You know what I say? It's always a good time to spend time with the Word of God. Tell me if you agree with this. That people seek to change many things about their life. Some, they change their furniture. <laughs> on a different look. Some change their hairdo. Some change their job. Some move away and change location. Some even change their spouse. But there is one thing only God can change. And if He does it, you know what? It can affect all those other areas of desire change. Today we're going to see how that works with a man named Levi. And I want you to see in our series, Dynamic Christianity, we're going to see the how God can change, here it comes, a life. Only God can change a life. Let's remember that. And God takes that life and he makes it dynamic. That's what he does. So let me ask you, you want a dynamic life? Follow God. That's it. It's that simple. Because I think if we're all honest, right? Who doesn't want some aspect of their life to change and for the better? I mean, you think everybody's got one little spot that they wish was different? I think so. I think most people anyway. So let's take a look at how it works with Matthew, okay? And how his life was changed by Jesus. And just maybe, I don't know, maybe this could happen to anyone that's listening today. We're going to pick it up in Matthew 9, verse 1. Oh, by the way, this guy Matthew, he wrote this gospel, the gospel of Matthew. Same guy. Oh, yeah. Here's what he wrote, chapter 9, verse 1. Getting into a boat, Jesus crossed over the sea, and he came to his own city. And they brought to him a paralytic lying on a bed. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralytic, Take courage, son. Your sins are forgiven. And as Jesus went on from there, he saw a man called Matthew. So Matthew's writing about himself. And he was sitting in the tax collector's booth. And Jesus said to him, Follow me. Now, Matthew wasn't the first disciple that Jesus called. He already called Peter and Andrew, who were brothers. He called James and John. They were also brothers. He called Philip and Bartholomew. They were not brothers. Okay? And now he calls Matthew. Imagine the look on their faces when Jesus called Matthew to follow him. They're like, what? 
a tax collector who worked for the Romans, exploiting his own people? Jesus, are you kidding me? You don't want that guy? Now, when Mark and Luke record this very same incident, he's called Levi. But Matthew calls himself Matthew. And when Matthew writes about himself, his humility is true humility. Because then Matthew said after Jesus called him, he got up and followed him. But Luke added something in Luke 5, verse 28. And Luke added, and leaving all, rising up, he followed him. Luke added a little touch of Matthew's humility. Matthew didn't say he left all, but Luke did. Matthew didn't brag about what he left behind, but Luke mentioned it. And I think the point is, when you follow Christ, you do realize there are some things in your life that are not that important anymore. As a matter of fact, they can even be a hindrance. So think about it. Yes, we do give up things to follow Christ. And the things that we give up is because they get in the way of following Christ. Okay? So, what does it mean to follow Christ? When Jesus said, follow me, it means to be in the same way with me. Be in the same way, come with me, be like me. You know, there's a real cohesion between the two. Matthew went through a beautiful transition when Jesus called him. Here's, here's where he was when he was called. He was a hated man. Oh, yeah. Jewish people, they didn't like him. He was a man of means. He was very wealthy because he, 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 he made a lot of money off his own people. But he seized the moment. When Jesus called him, he jumped at it. Maybe the hole in his heart became evident in the presence of Christ. Sometimes it takes seeing Jesus to really see ourselves. When you honestly see yourself, you see your need for a Savior. You think that's why a lot of people don't come to Christ? You think because they don't honestly see themselves? They see a kind of a caricature of themselves. I know some people say caricature. I don't even know which one it is. Caricature, caricature, potato, potato. I don't know. Tomato, tomato. But the point is, when you really see yourself or who you are, you see your need for a savior. And that's what it takes. I think it, I think it takes a recognition of a need for a savior to see him. And when we compare ourselves to Christ, it's like, oh yeah, here I am, Jesus. Take me. Okay? You know, there's a story of a woman in the rough section of London. She came to a women's meeting. She had been living in sin, and she had a baby with her. And she would bring the baby to the meetings. She liked the meetings. And she came back again and again. They were women's Bible studies. Well, the vicar came to her one day and said, I must ask you not to come anymore. She questioned why. Well, the other women, he said, they'll stop coming 
if you continue to come. <laughs> Sir, she said, I know I'm a sinner, but isn't there anywhere a sinner can go? No, they didn't want her there. Fortunately, the Salvation Army found her and reclaimed her for Christ. Now, imagine the people that think they are unworthy of God. First of all, it's a lie. It's a lie. As a matter of fact, the more unworthy we are, the more we need Him. And that makes us worthy. And secondly, now get this, and this is going to wake up people like these ladies in England. It's the responsibility of God's people to let others know that they are worthy of Him. Isn't that our job as Christ followers? To let the sinner know that they are worthy of God? That they are worthy to be forgiven? Because Christ shed His blood for the sins of the whole world. That's why He came. And this is what Matthew was up against. Matthew was up against joining some men that didn't want him there because he was a sinner. He was a traitor to his own people. No one liked him. No one wanted him around. But he seized the moment when Jesus called him. And I wonder, does opportunity always knock? Does it come around once in a while? Is it always there? Or does it come once and maybe never return? I don't know. Have you heard it knock on your door? That's the question. Have you heard the Lord knock on your door? And have you answered it? I don't mean you go to church. Forget that. Have you answered the call? And now you're walking with Christ. As he called Matthew to do. What did he say to Matthew? Follow me. He didn't say, Matthew, you know, you should get to the synagogue. That's what you should do. He didn't say that. He didn't say, you know, Matthew, you should observe the feasts. He didn't say that. He didn't say, Matthew, you should ceremoniously wash your hands after handling all that dirty money. He didn't say that either. You know what he said? Follow me. That's it. Matthew, come as you are. Follow me. And like Luke said, and leaving all, rising up, he followed him. And notice how Jesus handled him. He didn't grab his arm and pull him away. He didn't snatch him from the tax booth and say, Matthew, you're ruining your life. Get over here. He didn't do that. He didn't humiliate him in front of all the other people. Matthew, you dirty rat, you turned your back on your people. Get out of that booth. He didn't do that. He didn't guilt him. He didn't bribe him. Matthew, you don't need to work for the Romans. I'll make you rich. Come with me. I'll bless you. You'll never get sick. You'll never die. He didn't make him stupid promises like some people make. He said two words. Follow me. That's it. People, that's the invitation. Follow me. That's it. That's what God says to the world. Follow me. Follow my son. God gives the invitation, and now 
The rest is up to us. The ball is now in Matthew's court. What's he going to do? Look around at the money in the tax booth. Look at Jesus. Look at the nice clothes he's wearing. Look at Jesus. And so it is with every person. Every person has to make a choice when that knock comes. Are you in sin? God will leave you there. Are you selfish or self-centered? God will leave you there. He won't butt into your life. Are you lazy? Are you indifferent? He'll leave you there. He's not going to light a fire under you, but he will invite you. That's it. He'll just invite you. He'll say, come. You who are weary and heavy laden, come to me. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Come and you'll find rest for your souls. He invites us. Come and let us sit down and reason together. So your sins are a scarlet. I'll make them white as snow. Come and drink from the water of life at no cost. He invites, he invites, he invites. He passes us the ball. says, now what are you going to do with it? How will you respond? It's like a wedding. You get invited to a wedding. You get a little card in the mail. And they want you to respond. Are you coming? We'd love you to come to our wedding. Are you going to come? Check off what you'd like to eat. Chicken or fish? Oh, one of each. Okay, then you can share. Okay. And then you ought to send it back in. You have to respond. If you don't respond to the wedding invitation, guess what? There's no place for you. You can't show up and say, oh, what table are we at? You're at no table. Well, why not? You didn't respond. You were invited, but you didn't respond. So just like a wedding, God invites us to the wedding of his son, and we're the bride, <laughs> but you got to respond. That's all. you got to say yes. So Matthew, he responded, and Jesus changed his life. The dynamic life change. Matthew now belongs to a new group. And he now belongs to God. And you know what Jesus did with Matthew? He took his natural skills and he used them for his purposes. You know, Matthew had abilities. He was probably a a good bookkeeper, detail-oriented. He used Matthew to write the Gospel of Matthew. He used Matthew to proclaim the gospel. Now, Matthew didn't lose his abilities. He just walked away from his sinful lifestyle. That's all. And when you do that, you can be used for the services of God. And you know what happened? This acceptance, oh, it gets better. It becomes contagious. You know what happened? In verse 10, it says, then it happened that as Jesus was reclining at the table in the house, what house? Matthew's house. Behold, many tax collectors and sinners. You know know what? They came. Are you kidding? Nope, they came. And they were dining with Jesus 
and his disciples. Think about that. Word got out. Jesus accepts sinners. People that weren't accepted by anybody else. Accepted by Jesus. I'm like, huh? the off-scouring showed up. And Jesus accepted them and loved them. The off-scouring of Jewish society. They showed up at Matthew's house. And Jesus accepted them. And he loved them. That's why I'm glad the Bible says, whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Whoever. And whoever loves the Father loves the child born of him. You know what that is? First John 5, 1 John 5.1. So you see that magical word, whoever? You're a whoever. I'm a whoever. Good people are whoever's. Bad people are whoever's. Sick people, well people, rich people, poor people. Everybody is a whoever. So whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. You can have a changed life. I'm like, are you kidding me? That's the way to go. That's the way to make life better, to improve your life. And it doesn't mean your living condition will be cushy. It means that your heart will be filled. Your heart will be filled with God and the love of God and the wisdom of God. Well, you know what happened? (laughs) What happened was what always happens. The religious crowd, the Pharisees, oh, they didn't like this. No, no, they didn't like it. They said, why is he eating with them? He always goes, they, they always ask the disciples things about Jesus instead of going to Jesus. Why, why is he eating with them? Doesn't he know that these people are bad people? They're bad. They're sinners and traitors and tax collectors and they're not good. They're not like us. Why is he with them? And Jesus answered, I'll tell you why I'm with them. Because I'm the doctor and they're sick. That's why. It's not those who are healthy who need a physician. Those who are sick. When do you go to the doctor? When you feel good? Oh, I feel great today. I think I'll go to the doctors. <laughs> no. I'm like, oh, I'm dying. I'm dying. I'm so sick. I got to go to the doctors. That's when you go. When you're sick. You go to the dentist when you have a toothache. So Jesus said, these people are sick. And I'm going to bring them health. And I'm going to bring them healing. And then he gave them a sermon. And he said, now go and learn what this means. And he's quoting the Old Testament. Where they should have known this lesson. But no, they failed to learn. He said, go and, go and learn what this means. I desire compassion, not sacrifice. Like, I don't care about all your rituals if you don't have compassion for people. I don't care about all your little observances and washings if you don't have compassion for people. I don't care if you tithe if you don't have compassion for people. 
I desire compassion, not sacrifice. For I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners. See, in your self-righteousness, you'll never hear the call because you think you're there. But in the sinner's mind, they know they're guilty because they looked at their life and they were honest and they said, ooh, I'm not all that. If there's forgiveness from God and it's offered to me, I'll take it. And they took it. And then you know what happens? God begins to change their life. Because God is in the business, here it comes, of changing lives. He's not in the business of condemning lives. He's in the business of changing lives. Maybe right now you're experiencing consequences of bad decisions. But let me tell you something. God is inviting you to walk with him. And he wants to forgive you. And he wants to change your life for the better. And now, you know what? Matthew is in the same business as Christ. Why? Because he invited all of his friends. Oh, yeah. He invited all of his friendly tax collectors. Bunch of sinners showed up. Matthew's following Jesus, see, when you follow Christ, you do what he does. You walk in his way. And boom, immediately Matthew did that. Man, the Messiah welcomed me and he loved me. Come on, you guys, come to my house. He's coming tonight. Come over and listen to him. Listen to him speak. Come and experience his compassion and his love. Listen to his words of grace. And let him draw you in. And let him give you hope and healing and forgiveness. Let him give you a new life, a changed life. Let him give you a dynamically changed life. That's Matthew saying. That's Matthew's sermon to his friends. And they all came. And even though they were rejected by their own nation, Here it comes now. They were accepted by God. Think about that. You know, it doesn't matter who rejects you. God will accept you. Let me tell you, that's the big one. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's the big one. And that goes for all of us. Whoever rejects you. And we've all had people reject us, right? Oh, yeah. I've been there. You've probably been there. Oh, we had many people put the curse on us and reject us. That's okay. But God has accepted us. And in that newfound acceptance, something happened. What happened? Your heart began to burn again. It came alive. Oh, for the longest time, it was suffocating. It was hard to breathe, hard to enjoy life. And something happened. Life came back in. And you started to experience something you never did before. It's what Jesus promised. Out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. You experience that living water lifestyle. The relief of guilt. 
the relief of shame, the joy of acceptance and forgiveness by God. It's a whole new feeling. And you know what it does? It gives us a whole new look at life. We look at life differently. Oh yeah, we see something brand new that we didn't see before. Because all of that guilt is now washed away. All of that pride is washed away. Whatever it was that blinded you to yourself and blinded you to Christ, it's washed away. And he's taken your sins and buried them in the deepest part of the sea. Never to be brought up again. Think about it. Never. Not like us. Remember what you did in 1980? Remember what you did six months ago? Not with God. He doesn't remember. He cast it away. We're forgiven in every way. There's no record of your sins. It's been blotted out with this red, precious blood of Christ. That's what makes it such good news. The gospel is good news because it gives us a brand new standing with God. And let me tell you, when you have a new standing with God, you have a new standing in life. Because one affects the other. Oh, yeah. It affects everything. The light has gone on. The shade has gone up. The windows have been washed. And now you see life in a way you never saw it before. See, this is what God does. Only God can change a life. We can change everything else about our lives. We can't change our life. But when you give it to God, turn him loose and let him go. Let him go to work, changing you. How does he do it? Through his word. That's why I want you to join the Hope Club. Go to newhoperadio.live, click the menu bar. We'll send you an email Monday through Friday. Devotional email to build up your faith. You're going to send us $3. And your faith is going to grow and your life is going to change through God's Word. God's Word is the ingredient that changes us. The more you get it, the more you change, the better you feel. Then you go back for another meal. Thanks for coming along today. I'll see you next time for more of New Hope Radio.